Please stand clear of the doors. Hey guys, we're on the monorail. Hey, are the lights getting kind of? It's getting kind of dark in here. Well, it is nighttime. It's 21st century dark. Welcome to episode 124 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. Today we will be giving the his on Ichabod and Mr. Toad. So uh, what do you guys think about Ichabod and Mr. Toad? Uh, I know that some of you guys have watched it recently, correct? Yeah, I watched it recently. Okay, how about you, Jen? Uh, it's it's in the holiday rotation for Halloween, which, you know, is our favorite holiday. So, Yeah. So what do you guys think of it? The Mr. Toad part isn't my favorite. Why not, man? He's crazy. Mr. Toad is crazy. He is crazy. He is crazy, but I'm not, that's not my favorite cartoon. The Sleepy Hollow cartoon is good. I like that cartoon, Um, but Mr. Toad was not my favorite. Okay. How about you, Jen? Oh, I like both of them, but also just because of the Mr. Toad's ride over at Disneyland. So, but I grew up with um, the Headless Horseman. So that, that one to me is like my childhood nostalgia. Okay, and I think so it's of course cool. I love it. Yeah, and I love watching it. I remember watching this when I was a kid, and it was really cool. I mean, the whole lore behind the whole, you know, um, Ichabod Crane and Sleepy Hollow and all that. I love it. Obviously, a whole bunch of other people love it because it's really popular when you go to the um, the uh, Halloween parties over at Disney. And this is, uh, you know, I, just, I love the feel of it. I guess you can say I don't know how, how to explain it. I just really enjoy it. I think it really because it reminds me of being a child, right, and kind of growing up and watching. It. And I was like, oh, what's this? It's Halloween time. Kind of gives me the, it gets me in the spirit for Halloween, right? I guess that would help. Yes. Yeah. So you know, I think we should go ahead and kind of give this a rating. What do you guys think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, we got we got we got to get the rubric. I know I have it here. Yeah, oh, I no. was gonna say I need the rubric, please. I wasn't. Okay. I know it's in chat somewhere. Let's see if we can find it. Oh boy, oh, the rubric. Number one, objectively, how well does it do its job? So, um, Alex, go ahead and rate it three, two, one, or zero. If its job is to entertain people, I would say it is a two. I guess. Okay, so you're saying that not not the best, but above average, right? Yeah. Okay. How about you, Jen? Uh, I'm an. It's three. It's a gold standard as far as um, you know, like this genre and around this season. So it's a three for me. Okay, and I'm gonna go ahead and say three too. Meaning I'm, three also, or yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going to give it a three. I'm gonna give it three points for this uh this part of the rubric. Okay. Number two says, uh, "How badly do you want to watch it again?" So three, try to stop me. Two, I'll make an effort. One, if there's no line or I have it accessible, maybe I'll do it. And zero, you can pay me to watch it again. Okay, what do you think, Alex? I would say it's a one for me. What? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, uh, Are Jen. you surprised? Are you surprised? No, it's I'm, a three. It's, you know it's a three. Anything having to do with Halloween and Disney, I'd give it a 10 plus. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and give it a... Uh, I'm going to give it a two, I think. No, just, you know, I don't think it's a try and stop me, but I'll make an effort to go ahead and watch it for sure. For number three, it says the overall atmosphere. How well does it hit what it's trying to convey? So number three is it transports you there. Number two, it draws me in. One, at least it's something. Zero, doesn't really do anything for me. Go ahead, Alex. Oh, okay. So I would say it's a, it's a two. The Sleepy Hollow is a two. If it wasn't for Sleepy Hollow, it would be a one. Okay, so you're giving it a two? Yeah. Gen three for you? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give it uh, I'm gonna give it a two. Oh. Okay, and the last one? The last one is the magic point. Is there something special about it that draws you to it? 
Is it extra special for you for any case? Yeah, I'm gonna give it a one. Are you, are you gonna give it a one? Because this, this is only a point, I believe. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, not. You I'm only not give it, it one point. You're not gonna give it a point? No, it's not extra special for me. Wait, no. What, it, what, whatever, man. I'm just getting angry at this. Okay. <laughs> so we're Jen and I can both give it a point. So so Alex, Alex, let me see. Is Alex's result negative? Because I feel no, like it's, it's not probably... negative. But his is gonna be two, three, four, five, five. Really? You're gonna give it a five? I guess so. Do you feel like you would have given this a five if it wasn't for the rubric? Um, I feel like maybe without the rubric, I would have maybe give it a six. Okay. So it's close. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to go ahead and three, six, nine. Jen is going to give it a 10. And then I give it a three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I think I would probably give this like an eight. Probably, I would probably would have given it like a eight and a half, I think. So the rubric's right on. It's, it it's pretty like close. That. Yeah. It's pretty close. Awesome. I went to heaven in a jamboree. They break it up with English glee. Let's get to the his on the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Oh, the jogging across the land, holding noggin in his hand. Demons take one look and groan, and the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad is a 1949 film based on the novel The Wind in the Willows in the short story Sleepy Hollow. This package film consisted of two stories much like its predecessors, Three Caballeros and Melody Time. After its release in theaters, it has had a very prosperous run on videotape and as a TV special. It has spawned an attraction as well as a character who headlines the Boo to You parade. These two productions will always be tied to each other, but could easily be standalone productions. I agree with that. They definitely could be standalone productions. I wish they were standalone. probably for time. Yeah, it was. I wish they were standalone so I could not watch Mr. Toad and just watch Sleepy Hollow. I think there's it's... nothing wrong with Mr. Toad. <laughs> I don't. I, have you ever been on that ride? No. Yes. And I know you have, Jen, but he hasn't. Maybe that's the reason why he thinks a little differently about Mr. Toad. Maybe. And, and we're gonna kind of get into the Mr. Toad a little bit in the history of the ride a, a little, little bit, bit, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think it's kind of interesting. Love that ride. How much of an impact this has made on Disney? I mean, this. When, there's nothing to me. For me, my experience, right, in my opinion, that when you go to the Mickey's Not So Scary, mm-hmm. right, seeing the Headless Horseman yeah. kind of ride that. Was that not cool, Alex? It was cool. Right? And how much of an impact this this has made on Disney. Yeah, he made ha- not having a head seem awesome. <laughs> Listen, yeah. and they've watered it down over the years because when we started going to Not So Scary, you could feel that horse running before you saw him. It, and then this gigantic, imposing horse with the, you know, this huge character without a head, you know, just barreling down the street was like probably the like most exciting point of the night for at least for us it was so it's kind of sad when they had him slow down but i understand why because i believe he fell yeah the um, horse fell so but those first years of seeing of feeling it before you see it and then just to see and the horse was huge do you remember going and seeing the horse i do remember seeing the horse because you can see it just, over at fort wilder um the uh, campgrounds right Yes. And, and he is ginormous. And just to see that in person, you know, just the that like in-person embodiment of this character is amazing. The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad are two separate stories. The Adventures of Ichabod is based on the story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. The gothic story was written by American author Washington Irving. He wrote the story while living abroad in Birmingham, England. The story was published in 1819 and has become a classic tale. Mr. Toad is based on the children's book, The Wind in the Willows written by British novelist Kenneth Graham. His book was published in 1908 and focused on four anthropomorphized animals, mole, rat, badger, and toad. 
1929, English author A. A. Milne wrote a play named Toad of Toad Hall, which was based on Toad's story from The Wind in the Willows. In 1938, animators and writers James Bordero and Campbell Grant pitched an idea to make The Wind in the Willows into an animation. They presented storyboards with dialogue performed by members of the animation staff. Walt was skeptical of the project, but decided to acquire the rights to Kenneth Graham's The Wind in the Willows in April of 1938. The plan was to write a single feature film with the same name. Animators from the finished project Bambi joined the staff, but production was suddenly stopped when the animators went on strike in 1941. Later that year, the strike ended and production started up again. Walt came in and reviewed some footage and decided the project wasn't meeting his standards, so he shut down the project. So, you know, like last week, I think it was last week, we kind of talked about Walt and Walt having an eye yes. for like things that are going to be a hit. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a pretty big hit. I feel like, you know, we talked about Zorro, how much he loves Zorro a couple yes. weeks ago, whatever, right? And he went all in on Zorro, right? I feel like for sure this is a bigger hit. And we don't have a Zorro, like, you know, per, a part of a parade at a park. Right. Right. So I feel like this is a really big hit that Walt kind of missed, missed the mark on. Well, did he miss the mark? Because he shut it down after he saw some footage. So if he hadn't shut it down, maybe it wouldn't be as good as it is now. I guess that's true, right? Or it could have taken a complete and total different direction with him with throwing his full support behind it. I mean, it's hard to say, you know, because if, you know, being being what appears as though he was the type of person that had laser focus when something really, really piqued his interest, you know, would this have gone a lot further than it did? Because I would almost label, okay, so you know, Sleepy Hollow. That in itself has a separate kind of following just because of how it pertains to Halloween. You know what I mean? And if you lived anywhere, you know, up North, especially like I'm sure for you, Joe, you know, living up in New York, you know, everybody kind of knows the story, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So that had its own weight to carry itself. Whereas the wind in the willows is, you know, a book. And so, you know, to, it had to kind of grow on its own. And that's where I, I would assume the ride comes in here at some point. So um, I guess the putting the two of them together kind of helped it gain exposure for Mr. Toad, maybe? Yeah, I think so too. Oh, I agree with you 100%. And probably, if you really think about it, I mean, if, if uh, like the Sleepy Hollow story wasn't so big, would Mr. Toad even be a thing? Right, they gave it its own attraction, right? And I kind of go on and talk about uh, the history a little bit of Mr. Toad later on here when we kind of talk about Mr. Toad, uh-huh. about Disney and some of the attractions earlier in the park. Oh, okay. In 1946, animator Frank Thomas returned back to work after serving in World War II. He was given the job to continue the Wind in the Willows project. Walt demanded the film be shortened to 25 minutes. The project was shut down again following layoffs later in 1946. Also in 46, Disney acquired the rights to Washington Irving's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, and in December, started production on a new animated feature film. During the 40s, Disney produced what is called package films. Disney adapted this technique due to the lack of resources because of World War II and the high cost of the film. Disney made 11 of these types of films, the most notable ones being Fun and Fancy Free and Make Mine Music. The Wind in the Willows was set to be developed alongside two other productions to form a packaged film. One of the productions, Gremlins, failed, so production was shortened to just two shorts. Later, the other story, The Legend of Happy Valley, was paired with Bongo instead, leaving The Wind in the Willows all alone. In late 1947, Disney decided to pair The Legend of Sleepy Hollow with The Wind in the Willows for the 11th and last packaged film produced by Disney. In 1950, they went back to feature-length animation, starting with Cinderella. The next package film produced by Disney wouldn't be until 1977, with The Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. 
The new film was later given the title The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. That's all very interesting. I, I find it interesting how World War II played a, how big of an impact. I mean, I know it played like a huge impact on the world, but on <laughs> yeah. Disney, right? Right. Well, you think resources that pre, pre-war time were readily available were shortened. Um, you know, I mean, you think about things being rationed. And when you think about those things, you think about um, food and, and, you know, coupons and, and all of those things like that. At, but do you think about things that you needed to produce animated films? That, I mean, that wouldn't be the first thing that would come to head, but naturally, uh, definitely something that the components of probably are in short supply as well because everything is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, Alec, when you were doing the history for this, did you see anything about this Gremlins? No, I did not actually look up Gremlins. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking it's like close. Is it really t- the actual movie Gremlins? Well, probably not because the movie Gremlins, I think, is universal. Right. But maybe they dropped the rights to it and Universal picked it up. Maybe. That's what I was kind of wondering yeah, if it I was like very similar or what was going on with that. But I, f- I find that kind of interesting. The first segment, which was narrated by Basil Rathbone, famous for the late 30s, early 40s Sherlock Holmes films, was the story of Mr. Toad. The Wind in the Willows starred J. Thaddeus Toad, voiced by Eric Bloor, who owned Toad Hall. Mr. Toad got himself into trouble, financially, due to his ever-changing obsessions and reckless driving of his horse and carriage. His friend Ratty and Molly are asked by Mick Badger to convince Mr. Toad to give up driving, but as they try to convince him, Mr. Toad spots a new motor vehicle and must have one of his own, Mr. Toad escapes house arrest and steals a vehicle that was already stolen. He stands trial and is convicted. While in jail, his hall is taken over by Mr. Winkle and the Weasel Gang, who framed Mr. Toad for the car theft. Mr. Toad is broken out of the jail by his horse, Cyril. Mr. Toad hijacks a train and invades the police. He then joins his friends as they all sneak past the Weasel Gang to steal the deed to the home. Mr. Toad is successful and gets his home back, with Mr. Winkle and the Weasel Gang going to jail. The short ends with Mr. Toad and Cyril recklessly driving by in a plane. The second story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, is narrated by Bing Crosby. This tale stars Ichabod Crane, who is a new schoolmaster. He quickly becomes smitten with the richest woman in town, who has many men competing for her affection. Ichabod wants to marry her for her money and starts to compete with Brom, who is liked by Katrina. Katrina uses Ichabod to make Brom jealous. Everyone is invited to a Halloween party, and Brom tells a tale of the legendary Headless Horseman. Ichabod rides home that night fearful for his life and ends up seeing the Headless Horseman. Ichabod tries to ride away, but is chased. The Headless Horseman throws his jack-o'-lantern head at Ichabod, possibly knocking him unconscious. Ichabod is never seen again. Kind of morbid children's stories, right? Yeah, we. I watched with my daughter who's four, and she loves like spooky things. Like She loves the Haunted Mansion movie. Hocus Pocus. She loves Hocus Pocus. She loves Never uh, Night Before Christmas. And she got too scared on this. Really? Yeah. She wow. she told us she wow. was getting scared. Interesting. She turned it off. And, but it really, it really, this is the reason why I want to talk about this, because Mr. Toad Ride, right? It's a dark ride, right? Mr. Toad, it is. It sounds, it's a very dark story, right? It's a dark story. And yeah. Especially when you get to hell. Yeah, right? And <laughs> uh, I find it interesting that Disney, like, a lot of their rides and attractions early on were, like, really dark. Yeah. Right? Like, Country Bear Jamboree, right? It's kind of dark. Some of the things, like, some of the things that are going on in there are kind of dark. And Blood on the seat, they're not yeah. dark. They're oh, my. funny. They are, but it's, eh, it's dark humor, I think, a little bit. Dark humor, right? yes. It's d- dark humor. And same thing with even Splash Mountain. You know, but that's not early rides. Splash Mountain's not early, right? Uh, Haunted Mansion. That's kind of dark. It's dark humor in are Haunted Mansion. Are you talking Mansion. about, like, peril, like, things like that? Well, it's just dark. I think it's dark. Haunted Mansion's a dark ride. It's not like scary, but it's dark. When you walk in there, like the cast members are mean, like they're straight up there. They they can get kind of mean to you for sure. They're not. <laughs> but mean. it's funny. Yes, they Your are. Your version of dark. Oh my gosh. 
is like a kindergartner's version of dark joe no it's not it's definitely dark humor you know about people it's funny it's i think it's hilarious right but it's definitely dark when you read those tombstones it's funny but it's dark it's 21st century dark i think it's i don't think it's 21st century dark i think it's dark no matter what listen i I like that humor everybody dies man you might as well have fun whoa i didn't know this (laughs) why are you making spoilers (laughs) spoiler alert uh, what other rides are kind of dark, though? That's, I mean, uh, that are early attractions. Uh, Space Mountain's dark. <laughs> <laughs> Snow. And think about all the store, like all the movies and stuff like that too. They're dark. Everyone like always is always dying, right? Yes, and every Disney movie a parent dies off. Yeah, it's pretty dark, man. <laughs> That's pretty dark. Maybe it's just a fact of life back then. Yeah, but I don't think it's like that too much anymore. I think a lot of the movies, oh, no. I mean, Up's pretty sad at the beginning. <laughs> Up is super sad. Yeah. Okay, Up is way worse That's than true. the parents dying. Sorry. But I think a lot of the new attractions are not so dark. Like, But they're, I, I just, things are different, right? Because now I feel like- People can't handle it. But not only that, I feel like a lot of the rides now, the new rides, there's not, uh, not so much of a story behind some of the new rides, maybe. Like yeah. Tron, is like Tron. Is there a story behind Tron? I don't know. I haven't been on it. Now yet. there's stories behind That's them. That's true. But it's, I don't think it's. I don't feel. I feel like it's not as dark. No, Tron humor. is a dark ride. I know, man. I know, but it's not dark <laughs> humor. <laughs> the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad was released in theaters on October 5th, 1949. It received a Golden Globe Award for Best Color Cinematography in 1950. In 1955, Disneyland debuted Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, a dark ride attraction inspired by the movie. By 1958, both stories were sold, aired, and marketed separately, being released as The Legend of Sleepy Hollow and The Wind in the Willows. Both movies received cuts. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow only had the introduction of Ichabod Crane cut from the film, while The Wind in the Willows had three scenes cut. Part of the introduction, McBadger confronting angry townspeople, and the newspaper scene showing McBadger, Rat, and Mole reopening Toad's case. In 1971, Disney World's Magic Kingdom debuted their Mr. Toad's Wild Ride attraction. Shortly after, in 1978, The Wind in the Willows was re-released in the theaters under the title The Madcap Adventures of Mr. Toad. These two productions stood on their own until 1988, when The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad was released on VHS. It was later released on VHS again in 1999, and on DVD in 2000. In 1998, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was removed at the Magic Kingdom to make way for the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Mr. Toad is still at Magic Kingdom. He is referenced in the Pooh attraction and is a statue amongst the Pet Cemetery at the Haunted Mansion. Sleepy Hollow also became an element added to the parks, just much later. The Headless Horseman can be seen as the Grand Marshal of the Boo to You Parade for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party at Magic Kingdom. Also during the party, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow plays on the big screen at Mickey's PhilharMagic. Listen, do you know how excited we were the year that we found out that they show that in PhilharMagic? I know. (laughs) Everybody's running around grabbing candy and, you know, hitting the rides with no lines. You know, not us. We're like, ooh. It's Legend of Sleepy Hollow on the big screen. We're going to sit and watch it. It is cool. And I will sit down and watch it because then I can rest my feet. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, we talked about the Gremlins earlier. And actually, Adam in our Discord, he posted a picture of Gremlins. And I guess, hold on, let me see what he wrote. I have it. Seems like they're little. Can I just tell you, I love our Patreons. They are so fast. They are right on it. They're like little little monsters that. In the picture, the little monsters that are destroying a plane. Yeah, and so it's like a World Mid-flight. War II plane, right? This is around the World War II era. Yes. So they were gremlins, these little elf-like creatures that messed with warplanes. 
pretty much that's what they wear, right? And there's actually a poster. I'm not sure if it's like a poster or a book or like a cover of a book, but it's like the gremlins and it has like a war plane and these little like um, gremlins are on the plane kind of like cutting the wings off and stuff yeah. like that. So I think that's kind of interesting. And uh, by flight lieutenant, is that uh, Dahl? Did Dahl write this? Roll Dahl? What? That's what it says in the bottom. I'm not, interesting yeah really like james and the giant peach that's what it says there on the bottom so wow okay yeah um but and also he also mentioned in chat uh that i do agree with him they need a headless horseman meet and greet do they have well one i was i was just getting ready to reply for a few years and i wish they would bring it back at the campground they did a like a um headless horseman a whole evening event where you would do a hayride and of course the headless horseman would show up during that um and then there was a photo opportunity with him after that and i don't remember if that was live or not or if it was photoshopped in i can't remember but then you ended the evening with watching headless horseman outside it was pretty cool they ran it for a couple of years um we never had the opportunity to go to it. It was something we always wanted to do, but, you know, it's just trying to find the time. Uh, but, man, I wish they would bring that back because that would be pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Quick fire, quick back. Let's go. The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad was released in Mexico on October 10th, 1951. Toad Hall is featured in the storybook Land Canal Boats and as the facade for the Toad Hall restaurant at Disneyland Paris. The movie was released on Blu-ray and in a two-movie collection with Fun and Fancy Free on August 12, 2014. The song Headless Horseman from the Sleepy Hollow segment is often considered to be one of the darkest songs in Disney movies. In 2003, The Wind in the Willows was listed at number 16 in the BBC survey The Big Read. For Legend Sleepy Hollow, Bing Crosby and multimedia star voiced Ichabod, Brahm, as well as narrated. The Wind and the Willows was again adapted for the stage as a 2014 musical by Julian Fellows. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow was featured at Hong Kong Disneyland in 2011 for their haunted Halloween celebration. We here at Diz His love these two tales. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow and The Wind and the Willows are Disney classics. We hope these stories live on through Disney and continue with its presence at the parks. Dreaming of a Disney vacation? If you aren't able to go enjoy the resorts, then get yourself some three Cheeky Chicks wax melts. Studies show smells help bring forward memories, so these smells are a must-have if you want to put yourself back at these grand resorts. Go to MagicallyScented.com to order scents like Animal Kingdom Lodge. It's an earthy smell with sage, lemon, and lime. There is a Port Orleans French Quarter, which has fragrance of flowers, cotton, mandarin blossoms, freesia, and peonies. The Wilderness Lodge Melt smells of mahogany, blood orange, red pepper, sage, cognac, bourbon vanilla, golden amber, tonka bean, and sandalwood. The Vero Beach Melt will transport you with its orange blossom, star jasmine, velvet roses, and greens. Just visit MagicallyCinda.com and use promo code DizHiz20 to purchase a wide range of wax melts, candles, and room sprays, all made by Three Cheeky Chicks. That's Three Cheeky Chicks at MagicallyCinda.com, promo code DizHiz20. That's three cheeky chicks at magicallyhacented.com. Do you need to go on a trip? Do you hate the hassle of organizing a vacation? Well, say Hakuna Matata and call Matthew over at Travel by Chewy. He is an expert who can arrange itineraries from a relaxing Hawaiian getaway to an exciting theme park adventure. The best part is his services are free. Call him at 507-261-9773. That was 
888-985-9773 and just let them know Diz has sent you. Diz is Diz is review. Review. Oh, so today, uh, you know, we're gonna be talking for D plus is Hocus Pocus, which yes. is like a staple Halloween movie. You know, we we were kind of talking about earlier that Ichabod and the Tale of Sleepy Hollow was like a staple in mm-hmm. Jen's house, and I think this is another one of those staples, right, Jen? I mean, do you guys oh, watch 100%. this every year? Was yeah. your daughter? She watched it. Was she scared of this? No, she loves Hocus Pocus. She loved Hocus Pocus for probably a year and a half now. She's only four. Okay. So when she was three, she loved Hocus Pocus. So would you Who's say your that- favorite sister? Um, you know what? I don't know. I haven't asked her. I'm not sure. That's a good question, actually. So what is it that, that you really like about this movie? Myself? Uh, yeah. I mean, ahead. you know, you always talk about, oh, I remember this when I was a kid. You know, this is a thing I liked as a kid. Well, I actually liked this movie as a kid. It's something I watched all the time as a kid. I love the movie. It was so so fun to watch. It's still fun to watch. It's still hilarious. And I can't wait for the next one to come out next year. Oh, yes. Yeah, and coming out on Disney Plus, right? I don't know. So excited I think so. for that. I think that. it's coming out on Disney. Yeah, it's going to be super cool. How about you, Jen? Why is this movie special to you? Well, same thing. I mean, I remember watching this, of course, being older than both of you. Um, I was older, an older kid watching it, but still really, really enjoyed it. And of course, as soon as I had kids of my own, it was like, okay, we, we have this. We Listen, Halloween is like super important in our house, right? So we have this. It's very regimented, the movies that we watch and things like that. And this is one of the top tier movies. And so actually just the other night I was talking to my son. I was like, all right, pick a Halloween movie. So he picked this one. So we sat down and we watched it. And of course we love it. And we can probably recite the whole thing mm-hmm. um, just because now it's gone from being, you know, we enjoyed it just to enjoy it to tradition. Right. So, and I think that's where things take that turn. Yeah. Same thing with me. You know, this is a movie that I grew up watching and uh it's special to me i mean if you really think about it, there's so many christmas movies like there's so many and i would say there it's catching up there's a, there's a lot of good halloween movies out there uh, but i still think there's so many more christmas movies out there uh so there's not too many really movies that i would say that you that we can pick from to watch every year that that's kind of like hocus pocus but this is definitely one of those movies that's like halloween gets me in the spirit it's a great movie it's a fun watch jen i know your favorite person what's his name Billy Butcherson. Okay. I, we saw him right at the end of one of the not so scaries. And remember, I think you were with me because I yeah. freaked out. We saw him on the monorail. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It wasn't a Disney cast member. No, it was. It was a. It was somebody dressed as. Yeah. Him, but the costume oh. was so. It was good. really good. I remember. <laughs> totally would have if I would have saw him in the park. I totally would have fangirled and gone and taken a picture with him. <laughs> uh, and we actually did the um, history on Hocus Pocus yes, episode right. seventy two. Yeah. So go ahead and give that a listen. You know what's funny about Hocus Pocus because I watched at such a young age, and the three actresses are known for a lot of other things. But to me. I knew them from Hocus Pocus. Me too. So Me when too. I saw them and other things, I was like, hey, that's the lady from Hocus Pocus. Hey, that's a girl from Hocus Pocus. That's one of witches from Hocus Pocus. Which like most majority of the world's like, no, they're in Hocus Pocus. Yeah, that's, they're that's, not uh, from Hocus Pocus. Bet, Bet Midler from um, Beaches or whatever. Never seen it. Yeah, well, Beaches is a pretty popular movie. I've, I've never seen, seen it. Beaches? Beaches. 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 I, <laughs> yeah, Beaches. Not Peaches. That's a whole different movie. It's inappropriate for the show. <laughs> Hey, this is AJ for the D Plus Club, where we cover all things Disney Plus. Each week, I'll bring you the latest news and rumors, as well as what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney streaming service in the US and in the UK. And each week, we have a weekly movie club, where between October 18th and 24th, we'll be featuring the movie The Haunted Mansion, starring Eddie Murphy. Share your thoughts in the weekly movie club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord. And I'll feature some of your comments in this week's podcast. You can find the D Plus Club on all major podcasting platforms with new episodes every Sunday. See you there.
Check us out on Weeby Geeks, a new podcast website where you can find all your favorite geeky content. Just head over to WeebyGeeksBC.com. That's WeebyGeeksBC.com. And listen to all the other awesome podcasts, as well as this is. So we have Steven with Give Kids the World here. And we are going to hopefully, you know, have him on once a month to kind of talk about what's going on over at Give Kids the World because they're doing so much over there. So much. So much, yeah. Steven, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Can you tell us a little bit about Give Kids the World? Uh, we are an 89-acre property here in Central Florida with the one mission of fulfilling uh, wishes for critically ill children whose wishes to go to Disney World, Universal, and SeaWorld. Um, and we give them that cost-free week-long vacation for them. Uh, and they get to stay on site for us. And, you know, just some you know quick facts. You know, every other wish in the world um, wishes to come to Central Florida. And all of those kids will stay with us at Give Kids the World. Uh, and in a non-COVID year, we're welcoming over 8,000 wish families a year to give kids the world. So it's just it, it's such a destination for people to want to go see Mickey Mouse or go ride, you know, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So there's so much to do in Central Florida that you know there has to be a destination like Give Kids the World that can work with these. You know, on average, it's 166 families a week wow. that stay on property. So you know, the value of a wish is you know $8,000, uh, and these are. A lot of these things that, we, that are offered to the family are priceless. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, the idea that you could, you know, not wait in any lines for seven days in Central Florida, good gosh. I mean, it's hard to figure out what the expedited experience really would be at Disney for those three days and two days Universal, a day at SeaWorld, and everything within 100 miles is free from Bush Gardens, Legoland, Kennedy, you know, Medieval Times, Wonder Workshops, everything is available for our families that give kids the world. So, it really is. There's no credit card. There's no cash handling at Give Kids World. It's all free for our families uh, who stay with us. I know. I follow you guys on Facebook, and you guys are posting pictures, you know, daily. And just to see some of the things that you guys are doing there, and to see the families, and see how you know how happy the families are, is it's really you know it's not really it's it's overall it's all priceless. Just uh um, you know, you can see their reactions and see how happy the family. That's priceless. I mean, you can't get that anywhere anywhere else. And uh, it's great. Well, and, and building on what you're saying here, Joe, is, is that when you think about, I'm a, I'm a nurse. So when you're thinking about the medical side of this, you know, these, these families go through, you know, a tremendous amount of stress procedures, hospital stays, family separations, especially in COVID times, you know, things that you feel like you just, you're in your heart, you go, Oh gosh, no kid should go through this and no family should have to go through this. And the fact that give kids the world is able kind of just help, you know, obviously that doesn't go away, especially when you're talking about critical illness, lifelong illness, but the fact that you can, it doesn't have to be, you know, on, for, on a kid's perspective and, you know, from a parent's perspective, you know, this doesn't have to be the center of my world for a week. I can just relax. I can look at my child and the memories that we're making as a family and just the pure joy, you know, on my child's face and just say, wow, you know, this is fantastic. Like that, that service in itself, you know, all the, the, the perks of, you know, the no lines and everything else, but just the, the, like you said, the memories and the fact that just for that short little moment in time, that you can just forget about, or at least push to the back burner, what's going on in your life. That is amazing. Yeah. And you're, you're hitting it perfectly. 
for these children who might have the shaved head or who might have, you know, tubes or be in a wheelchair where no one's looking at them differently. Uh, everybody has traveled a very similar path to get to the village. And it's an experience for the entire family. You know, it's great for the camaraderie of the wish kids, but, you know, a lot of times you look at the parents who have been to hell and back, you know, spending every dollar that they have to find the best doctor, to get the best treatment there. And there are, there are around 166 other sets of parents where, for the first time, it's a relatable experience. No one's looking at their child. They're able to have a conversation where they're talking about what it was like for two years in the ICU and what the treatment process is like, where the village, it's just the camaraderie of getting all these kids together with the one common goal, giving them the best week ever. It, it, it truly is, you know, again, you can talk about those, you know, the, the experiences you get in the park, but the magic that happens within the walls of Give Kids a World, that really is truly the priceless experience because I don't want to gloss over what the village really is. It's an 89 acre property. And for people who know anything about Disney trivia, Disneyland Park is 85 acres. Wow. So when you try to think about how big the property is, I mean, we have four wheelchair accessible rides where you know, the children can actually take their wheelchairs onto the ride. We have two pools. We have a spa. We have an arcade. We have boat rides. We have a state pirate ship. We have horse corrals. We have sports courts. Everything is accessible for the child. Plus, you know, the dining is insane there. I mean, you can get ice cream for breakfast. That's what we're known for. Uh, and partners like Perkins and Boston Market, they donate all of the food and all of the labor associated with those meals that Gift Goods World doesn't have to pay for those types of items. So when, when you look around that property, it's just it. It's special because we don't allow any corporate partner to advertise within the walls of Give Kids a World. You don't know who, who those benefactors are. We don't want the families to feel like it was a charity trip for them. Um, so that's it's cool to be surrounded by 35 years worth of partners who are doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. Disney in-kind $17 million worth of items to Give Kids a World every single year. There's not a single sign on our property that says Walt Disney World on it. Wow. That's amazing. That, yeah. It really is fantastic because a lot of times, especially, you know, in this culture of, um, you know, where people want to showcase their kindness. I mean, there's a different term for it. Um, and it's, it's not because they're, it, sometimes you see people who are doing things to be kind, but also for the exposure to know that that is something that is a prerequisite to contributing to give kids the world. And that's fantastic that, you know, these big corporations are like, yeah, no problem. You know, this is not about our exposure or anything like that. It's just genuinely about giving these kids and their families, you know, the best trip that they can. And that's great. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes it's hard to find new sponsors. We're like, we're looking for this kind of contribution. We can't celebrate you on site. Like what? I'm like, understand, meet the other people who have been doing this for 35 years and get an understanding of why we're doing what we're doing and why they've been committed. And when we get a partner, they're usually locked in for life. Uh, and that's what's really special about the building blocks of Give Kids a World is that we continue to grow that base of people because once you, it's a tangible experience that you see when you make a donation to Give Kids a World, even the dollar, you get to go outside. And for me, I was a cast member for 10 years in Disney marketing. You know, it's, you know, you got to walk down Main Street and see your guests you know, every single day. For me, what a unique opportunity for a charity where I can walk outside of my office and meet wish families at any given point. Uh, it's such a special moment to see your dollar in action. Yeah. And you, you have a, you have a heavy amount of cast member volunteers as well, right? Because there's a lot of people um, that they do definitely dedicate um, a fair amount of their off time, right? As far yeah. as volunteering there and and helping out with events and don't That's you guys have a, here. I mean, I volunteered through Disney marketing once a month. I would do the pirate party. Uh, and then never thought in a million years it would become a career path. But when the right role opened up, it, it really, it's a parallel path. I mean, you know, I thought I could never leave the Disney company, but at the end, it's an extension. You know, we're giving the kids the Disney wish. Uh, and, you know, it's such a hybrid relationship where we're, we're mingled with Disney every day. 
Um, so for me, it's, it's for me, my life became much more purpose-driven, um, being able to, you know, through the creative fundraising things that we do as a team every single day, it's fun knowing that every extra dollar that you do raise is another child gets a wish fulfilled. And I think there's never an amount, it's a, a hunger that always exists because you always want to be doing more. Uh, and I think sometimes when you work in a corporate job, like you do the 40 hours sometimes and you work a day six, you feel like somebody owes you. Nobody right. in my team in the kids world ever feels that, oh, I worked Saturday. Can you give me next Monday? Of course we would, but it's a passion to work there. And it's it, to me, it's such a special place because we're a small team. We're 110, which might sound like a big thing, but you know, we're full service resort also, third shift security to housekeeping to engineering. It's a nimble team because we rely on, on non-COVID times, 1,600 volunteers a week fill shifts for us. You know, we have 22,000 active volunteers a year who come out to Give Kids the World, which saves us $8 million in labor, which if we didn't have our volunteers, we wouldn't be able to exist. Wow. It's uh, it's definitely something that, you know, and I'm sure that your volunteers too, the takeaway for that is that, you know, sometimes you volunteer for things and it can be, you know, grunt work, if you will. I mean, I volunteered as a medical personnel at the Disney races for years. And there have been days that I have walked out of there and aching bones where you just feel like, wow, that was a lot of work. And I'm sure that the mindset of the volunteers as they're leaving their shifts for the day, you know, at the, at the village, it's very different because I I, I can only imagine how fulfilling it is to know that you've made somebody's day, you know, and, and that's at the heart of it is, is that, you know, if you're, if you help, if you hand that kid, you know, an ice cream cone and you finally get a smile from him, then maybe he wasn't feeling good all day, but that ice cream brought that smile to his face. You know, that is fulfilling. And I always tell people before, you know, right when I started the village, you know, I have two kids now, I got a one-year-old and a four-year-old. And for me, you know, I would still somehow always, when I worked at Disney, complain about either my hours, my salary, something was always bothering me. And then you meet these families that give kids the world. And you're like, you have been to hell and back. And you somehow are so grateful and excited to be here on your wish trip. And yet I'm still complaining about things in my life. And I think for me, it was, it was a perspective change of being a parent. My child was born on his due date with no health complications. And my child coughs once and I call my dad, like, listen to this, does this sound awful? these parents are battling life and death situations with their kids. Right. For me, it was just a wake up call that I am blessed. I have a healthy family. And for some reason I took it for granted. And then you said you meet these families and it was everybody who works at the village. It's a big perspective change where you got to be grateful for what you have because there are families out there who are struggling. I said, they put every dollar that they have towards the, the you know, their children. And, you know, I get, when I hear a story from a wish family prior to having kids, it wouldn't have as much, much of an emotional impact on me, but then they share their story and, you know, it could be a terminal illness, but they've told the story a thousand times. So they're really good and comfortable telling the story. And I get this emotional reaction now where I'm like that, if I had to think about my son ever being sick or my daughter ever being sick, I, I don't know how I would handle it. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to work at Give Kids the World, to be able to provide for these families. And for me, it's, it's just, it, it was the right time in my life where I'm so glad I get to be part of this mission. So my question to you is then for our listeners who, uh, you know, after hearing all this, perhaps maybe weren't aware um, of Give Kids the World and of the existence of it or the magnitude of, of how many families it covers. So if we had anybody uh, who was listening, who was interested in contributing, whether it be time or money, where would I direct them to? Sure. The best place to always go is our website. So it's givekidsworld.org. Uh, on there, of course, if you're looking to make a monetary donation, it, it's right there for you. Um, for, you know, to give the gift of time, um, the volunteer tab can also direct you there. Uh, the COVID world actually made it a little bit easier for volunteers. We, uh, the whole orientation process is now virtual. Um, before you'd have to select a time twice a week to come into that one. And sometimes it's just hard for 
people's schedules. The one thing that I can share for people is like, do I, if I'm on a Disney vacation, do I have enough time to come out there and volunteer? If you want to do two hours total the whole year, that's all you want to do. That's fine by us. Oh, wow. Uh, there's, there's, there's not a time commitment where you're like, well, I need you to give one week. It's not like that at all. So never feel like you don't have enough time to give because you do. Uh, and the other big one is events. We host a lot of things, both, you know, to, you know, here locally in Orlando area, but also nationally. I mean, I traveled 10 times in the past, you know, three months to events that are happening across the country, supporting Gift Kids of the World. So that events tab will always let you know that you know, we might be in your neck of the woods or we're hosting a bunch of events here in Orlando for the local people. And that's kind of the reason why I'm hoping that you're able to come on the show and just talk about these events. And so you can kind of let our listeners know, you know, where Give Kids the World is, where, where are you guys going to be at? And if they're, if you guys are like in their part of the country that they can go out there and kind of, you know, volunteer or, um, you know, donate their, donate their time. So can you kind of talk about some of the events that are going on right now? Sure. Um, you know, we just wrapped up a, a fun one that will be coming back next summer. It's our Coasting for Kids event. It's where theme parks across the country open up their gates for free for a day uh, if you fundraise $100 for Give Kids the World. And what's really special is that every theme park will open early just for those Give Kids the World supporters. So usually two, three, four, five roller coasters will be open just for, you know, 100 to 200 people, which means you're waiting absolutely no time at all. Plus your admission to the park is free for the remainder of the day. And then there's always a complimentary lunch at a convention area midday. So it's a great way for people who want to support the village, but also want to meet alumni families in their neighborhood. So we, uh, we usually go to about 10 to 15 parks a year uh, all across the country. Um, but a big one that we're focusing on right now is Night of a Million Lights. Um, and that was an event that came about last year. Um, and it was, you know, we had the opportunity to go on defense or go on offense for how we wanted to, you know, keep our mission going. And we were afforded this incredible opportunity. We, we are 89 acres where... Uh, we can host events outside. We control our streets. It looks like a neighborhood. It surely feels like one, but there are no cars there and there was nobody in the houses. Um, so we had this uh, crazy idea to start putting up Christmas lights. And it was only going to be on the avenue, very small event. Um, and of course, for anybody who attended the event, it ended up being a 1.3 mile walking tour of high density very reminiscent of the Osborne spectacle dancing lights over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, very similar influence. Uh, some of the tech team that installed the show were the original techs from there. Our technical director was the technical director of that place. Um, it was a huge win for us. We got to give 30 techs eight weeks worth of work uh, when they couldn't find anything because there just wasn't a lot of labor there. And we were able to create 50 new jobs uh, at that time frame. So it was a really special moment on a lot of different levels. It's just a lot of cast members who were able to go back to work for a while. And then a lot of the transition was perfect. Right when Night of Million Lights had uh, wrapped up, I was losing text left and right to go back to Disney. And it was such a celebration when they got a call to return back to, the, to their role. But this year, um, we're doing, um, the, the number one question we get is, how can we be hosting this event if there are Wish families back on property? Because we are open. We reopened January 17th. It was two weeks after the close of the event last year. And what's really unique about this year, and some of the feedback was 1.3 miles is a lot of walking. Um, how, you know, it's like it would, people get halfway through and go, I, my car is back that direction. I have to walk like 2.6 miles potentially. So what we're doing is we're using a neighborhood. We didn't even use last year. We use it for parking, but what's special about that neighborhood, it's 360. There's a lake in the middle and there's 21 houses around it. And it's a bigger footprint than Oz. We have lit all 21 of those houses, all of them has 16 controllable points on the house from the windows, to the door frames, to the rooftops, to the garland on the bushes, to you know, we got those, you look at the castle and they have those big dome lights that can shoot up. We have 31 of those around our property too. So it's a high density uh, light show. And that's one part of it. That's a 21 villas that you can walk around. Six songs will play uh, an hour. So every 10 minutes, a new vignette of dancing lights will play. 
and then new this year is a um, 75 uh, tree trail of corporate sponsors who have decorated cool. trees on a new sidewalk that we created that's connecting us into everybody loved to see the sponsor yards that were decorated you know disney universal sea world you know american airlines you know wwe they all had these yards that were decorated uh we were able to decorate 25 of them this year um wow. so uh out of those 25 it's it's a lot of returning people that um all saw what everybody could do last year and they go uh we well, got to step up the game to beat the neighbor down the road um but then um we have parking lot uh, trams, really beautiful uh, custom looking trains where you'll actually board that. And then we're going to drive you around the entire village because then I've lit all of the other 50 villas this year. There's no corporate sponsorships in those yards because again, we don't do any corporate, you know, how I said in the beginning, we don't do any corporate sponsorships that our families can see. Um, so we still fully lit the, the entire property. So everything that was lit last year, all 50 houses are lit. The whole avenue is lit this year. And Jody Benson, the voice of Ariel, is moderating this eight-minute tram ride that takes you around a mile of our property. And a big thing for us was people didn't learn the mission uh, when they were here last. We thought it'd be assumed. And then halfway through the event, people are like, what are these houses here? Is this like an abandoned property? We're like, no, like this is like, we didn't realize that not everybody knew our mission. So you're held captive with Jody for eight minutes where she goes through the mission, explaining the buildings that you see there. So, and then also new this year is we created a market uh, and we have incredible partners this year who donated a hundred percent of their product, but we are trying to up the game of what our show is from last year to this year, where we are competing to be the best, you know, uh, Night of Million Lights last year won the, we got third place in the golden ticket award for best holiday installation now, uh, globally. Because it, it is an impressive amount, but we wanted to step up our game because we're, we're on the tail. We're, we're, go, we're going after Dollywood and Silver Dollar City. I, I say what you want, but we are, we're coming. We're, mark my words on this, on this video. We are we're coming for you. But um, it's, it's just this, it's this desire to, you know, we welcomed 90,000 people to the event last year. And, you know, 89,000 of those people probably didn't fully understand our mission. So it was such an awareness campaign to let everybody know and, you know, we are in the backyard of, you know, Disney World, but not a lot of people know that. Um, so this year we're expecting even bigger numbers. And, you know, it, it really, through our pandemic, I mean, we, we were able to net over $2 million for the families, which was just huge. Yeah. Um, so again, we're excited to welcome everybody back this year. Tickets are on sale. We will be announcing our first uh, two uh, sellouts uh, tomorrow. So for people who are interested, it's kind of crazy. We didn't have tickets go on sale until October last time around, and we're already calling sellouts um, for this season. And when does it start? Uh, it's insanely soon. Uh, it's going to be November 12th is our first night that we are doing a, uh, a, 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 a sorry, the opening night. We're going to start doing some previews. So anybody, the other event that we're focusing on right now is we have a 5K at Give Kids the World. It's returning. It was, uh, we didn't have it last year. We did it virtually. Um, it's our gingerbread run. It's the opportunity to run through the village and it's on Saturday, November 6th. And what's special about that day is it's the last day before daylight savings. So, which means that morning will be really dark for our 5k, which will give us, uh, we'll turn on all of the lights. Oh, for that cool. oh wow. <laughs> so, the, the last thing I'll say is that one of the six songs is written by a composer who does um, Disney nighttime shows. And for people who are looking for that, you know, happily ever after moment of the music where you just kind of feel like you've, you've been swept away into a different place. We have a uh, custom recorded uh, nighttime finale song just for this event this year. And we got the cut yesterday and it was like, I listened to it 15 times in the car on my way to work. And it is like, it, it's an emotional feeling when you listen to the song. So I'm excited that we are going to be having all of your classic Disney songs, uh, sorry, classic Christmas songs, but we'll have a custom um, Give Kids a World nighttime finale song. That's awesome. I am. Go ahead. So excited about this event. I'm I know, actually so am I. looking at. I'm. I'm buying tickets 
right now because I wasn't sure if they were on sale yet. I, I found out about it late last year, so I wasn't able to take my family. And Joe, Joe knows how special the Osborne lights are to us. So um, definitely I'm going to be buying my tickets right now. So excited. <laughs> well, hold on. Post- Don't buy them quite no. yet. You gotta let me know when you're going to buy them. So, cause we want to go too. I sent, I just sent this over to Mel yesterday. Cause you know, we used to go to the Osborne lights every year. Right. So I think this will be great for us to do. We can go there, you know, and then, uh, I think this is a great event for us to go yearly too. you know, you're looking at December 5th or December 12th. Uh, they will sell out tonight and knock on wood. It only rained three total times in 52 nights last year. So well, that's pretty good odds right there. Nice. Yeah. I just jinxed myself. This will be the year that I'll come on show next year. It's like every night. Yeah, you're like, year Why? Where we're 52 nights. Listen, listen, <laughs> yeah. all I have to do is delete the show and it never happened. And honestly, this is the first time actually, this is my first media thing talking about night of the lights for the season. So, um, this is, you know, nobody knows any of the music tracks are involved in the event this year. So this is some some hot exclusive hot right now. Well, I'm hoping, you know, our listeners listen to this and they're like, we need to go to support Give Kids the World. And that was uh that was our goal, you know. That's that's our goal. So and so what's just really special about that is you can go to any nighttime show, any Christmas event anywhere. Um, what's unique, you know, you look at the list of all those top places that do Christmas shows. We are a charity, a nonprofit who's really just tried to, you know, for me, I, I try to take that quality that we all had at Disney and deliver that same experience. But, you know, it is special to know that every dollar that you are giving is going back to the mission. Um, and, you know, one way or another, it is a donation how you look at it, but, you know, you're getting something out of it. But I hope the guests that walk away have a really good understanding of you know when they walk around when they're when they're on the tram tour they're going to see wish family and i think that's something that's really special because when we do that 5k through the property i think you know it's cool to see the whole property it's cool to see the rides and you know everything lit you know lit up nice the wish families often stand at the end of the driveway thanking the runners when they go by and like i'm an emotional wreck when i just think that they're the ones thanking me to go do a 5k in their park and it's just it's special because I do run Disney races. I go to Christmas events. I just love the idea that you can still do the same things, but all of your money is just going back to a good cause, which again, it's why I love spending every day at Give Kids the World because the more things that this team creates, you know, we're trying to create these experiences where, you know, the whole world has shifted into, they want to experience something. So we're hoping to, to follow that wave, but deliver something great. But know it when you go home at the end of the night, you made a contribution to a wish family. Yeah. Well, That's Steve, what it's all about. Yes, it is for sure, one hundred percent. And hey, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on. You know, hopefully you'll come back and uh, sometime in November, and you can kind of talk about how things are going and some maybe some more events that are coming up in the new year. But thank you so much for coming on. No problem. I'll go live from the the show next year. At this point, uh, sorry, November. By this point, we'll be open, so we can get some cool light. Awesome, yeah. cool, awesome. That'd be that'd be so cool. <laughs> awesome, cool. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. No thank problem. You. Thank you. Have a good night. Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site, Sorcerer Radio, on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24-7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app. So, Alex, what did you do in the world of Disney slash news? Hopefully a whole bunch. It looks like you have like a, maybe a couple of hours worth of stuff. But try, just try to like kind of trim it down I'm to like trying five to minutes. Cipher. I'm trying to decipher everything I did. So, fun fact, I like Bluey. Yeah. So we trying, did. Hold on. Why are you trying to decipher? Why don't you just write it down in our OneNote? Because like I, I don't everything... think about it. I don't, oh I'm not like, God. I'm like doing something like, hey, stop, family, stop. 
I have to write this down so I make sure I have it for the podcast. So we did pumpkin carving. Oh, okay. And pumpkin coloring because our kids can't carve. So we print out vinyl, put it on a plastic pumpkin, then color it. Okay. And then me and my wife, we cut out plastic pumpkins. We save them every year. And this year we did pumpkin carvings. So I did. I carved out um, the dad and my wife carved out the mom. And oh, that, for Bluey? Yes. Okay. That's the majority of what we did this week. Okay, that's Disney. cool though. I haven't done a pumpkin, pumpkin carving in a while. I love it. The last time I think I did it was with Jen a couple years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, Remember? that was a couple years ago on yeah. the back porch. Okay. How about you, Jen? What did you do in the world of Disney slash news? Um, not too much. We watched Hocus Pocus, so that was a big one. And um, yeah, I think that was pretty much it. Yeah, it's been busy around here. You know, holidays coming mm-hmm. up and just definitely school. Uh, How about you, Joe? Okay. So, you know, I talked with Equity Ben a little bit. He's going to be coming on next week. Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, exciting yeah mysterious benedict society watch a couple more episodes of that show that's a really oh, good show how is it you uh, you know i think emma would like it really uh, yeah you know something jenna have you checked out this show i think nathan would like it too that's what i was really? curious if it's a little yeah, too old for her no, i wasn't sure i mean it might be a little bit too old but it's it's fun it's a fun watch it's she might like it i mean she watches dookie hauser so yeah dookie hauser dookie whatever oh, it's okay. called now yeah so i think that she would like it. i would check it out and see what she thinks um We'll be watching Haunted Mansion, you know, uh, next week. I can't wait for that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I want... Ha- have you guys watched the uh, uh, Haunted Mansion Muppets? What did you guys sure think of did. it? What do you think of it? I actually thought it was okay. It wasn't to the standard of the Muppets movies that I liked growing up, I think. It was funny. It had a lot of funny moments. A lot of references to the actual ride itself, because mm-hmm. it was a Haunted Mansion movie. Yep. Um, I think it got boring at certain parts. But I think overall it was good. My daughter really liked it. So, I mean, she's a kid. She liked it a lot. When I was a kid, I loved Muppet movies. So maybe because I'm an adult, maybe I don't love it as much. I don't know. But yeah. Okay. What did you, you think, Jen? Well, I didn't watch it. And the reason why is because you're mashing together two of my favorite things. So Muppets and the Haunted Mansion. So it could be really good or it could be really bad. And so I was waiting to hear what other people thought of it before I watched it. <laughs> well, people on Discord chat were saying that, that they that, yes. that they liked it. Yes. And not only that, someone put up a really good idea. I forget who it was. Maybe it was probably Adam or Ryan. You know, but uh, it'd be cool for the Muppets to kind of do other attractions, right? Maybe not to stick to the Haunted Mansion. I know it's Halloween or whatever, but maybe do like, you know, Space Mountain where they go into like space and have like a, like a story and they kind of do like Muppets Space Mountain uh-huh. and Muppets like, you know, um, I don't know. Mr. Toad Wild Ride. Mr. Toad, right? It'd be super dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that'd be kind of cool for them to kind of pick an attraction, give it a story, right? Because yes. a lot of the attractions, which we were just talking about, also have stories behind it, you know? And kind of have a, like a Muppets version of it. Because whenever I went to the parks, we like we talked about the Muppets' uh, greatest moments in American history. Mm-hmm. That was great. It would yes. be cool to kind of do that. Muppets telling the other stories to the other attractions. Maybe also bring the stories to the attractions to light. Right? Because I think a lot of people don't know that there's stories behind their attractions. Yeah. I think we should just have Muppets tell history and teach that in school. <laughs> and that would have really you... engage the students. I saw that. Okay. So have you, there is, isn't there a Muppets version of Hamilton running around somewhere? Oh, there is. Yeah, is there, there is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there is. Well, I'm not sure if it's like a full version of them actually doing it or if it's like No, but they're songs. Yeah. And I do like the Muppets oh, are singing the songs. What? It's pretty, it's funny. pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, You know, have you guys seen the home, the new Home Alone trailer? Yes. No, I'm afraid yes, of that I did. one too. I did see the trailer. Oh, it's it's not bad. I think I'm not gonna watch it. It's Disney Plus. What's 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 the big deal? I'm not gonna go spend money in a movie theater or whatever. Right. You know, it's on Disney Plus. Might yes. as well watch. It. I think it's gonna be a fun watch. I think my son's absolutely gonna love it. Right. Right. It looks really good. You know who's in it? The girl from Kimmy Smith. Yes, I she her is. Name. She's like the main, uh, like one of the burglars. I guess yes, you can say, right? And then they also showed in the trailer yep. one of the cops or whatever. Yes. He uh, is a um, 
McAllister. McAllister. So I'm yep. thinking it's going to be um, what's his name, Buff or Biff? It could be Biff, but again, the original movie, the cop was un- was the bad guy. Remember? Yeah. So the guy who was showed as one of the burglars, maybe he's McAllister. What? The guy who was showed as the burglar. Yeah. Who was the girl's partner? Yeah. In the original movie, the bad guy was the cop. Yeah. So it showed a badge. Yeah. So therefore, my implied uh, the bad guy that's shown in the trailer is actually the McAllister. That he's the bad guy. Yeah. You think the McAllister's a bad guy? I mean, full circle. Oh, interesting. That'd be kind of cool to see. I can't wait to watch. It. I think my son watched it. And he he was like, "Oh, this looks so cool." Is it set in England? I don't know because everyone had an English accent. It did. No, not everyone. The dad did. The dad did not. You're yeah. right. So we'll have to see. I guess maybe they were going to England from America. Or could be vice versa. Maybe they were. I don't know. Could be vice versa. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Uh, but I can't wait to watch it. Um, also, you know, next week we are going to be giving away a, uh, wax melt from three cheeky chick. So if you're interested in joining, you know, our Patreon, you get access to our discord chat, which is a lot of fun. You also get access to, um, live shows on Wednesdays we record, um, go ahead and join for as low as $2 and, I uh, can't wait to give, I love giving away stuff. It's like one of my most, most favorite things to do. So go ahead and join up if you want a, a chance to win a wax melt. So that's the his on the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. Thanks for listening and have a magical week. Please follow us on all social media by searching DizHiz65. Share us and subscribe to our podcast to get the latest show when it is available. If you want to help us out, get tips, get your memories shared on the podcast, see pictures and videos of what we are up to at the parks, join our goof troop on Patreon.com and search for DizHiz. made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, it's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply.